Well, welcome, Pathway family. I am so glad that you're here for this final weekend of our series, One at a Time. And it's just been such an exciting journey over these last several weeks as we've been really rediscovering and we've been recalibrating ourselves to this ancient way of Jesus, this ancient one-at-a-time way of Jesus. You know, even this last week, I heard a story about a lady who is in our church family who is an ICU nurse. And she uh, befriended a nurse's aide who works with her. And this nurse's aide is a single uh, mom with two kids. And the single mom started a nursing school. So she decided she was going to move in with her mother to be able to save money. But right after she moved in with her mom, her mom suddenly passed away. And immediately the single mom was not only just overwhelmed with grief at her mom's passing, but she was also stuck in the short term with two rent payments and she didn't know what she was going to do. But when this pathway friend found out, she pulled her aside and asked her if she could pray for her. And then she stepped in and paid for her next two months of rent. And the single mom was just so overwhelmed and couldn't fathom uh, why this lady would be so kind to her. And, and this pathway friend right then was able just to clearly tell her that it was about God and that he loved her and that he cared for her. And, and since then, they've been able to have a whole bunch of other great spiritual conversations where this pathway friend has been clearly able to share with her the love and really the truth about the person of Jesus. You see, friends, we can't change the world, but we can make a difference for one. It's one at a time. And that's how Jesus did it, I'm telling you. And that's how he wants us to do it as well. And so maybe as you've been kind of navigating through life and you feel like uh, you've just been struggling a little bit with your purpose and you feel like your job hasn't been very motivating, you feel like maybe school hasn't been motivating, or maybe you just found yourself in the season where you've been struggling with a little bit of, uh, of depression or discouragement. And, and I want to let you know this is it. This is your purpose this is the purpose that God ha has given you. You see, Jesus has taught us to love others the way that he has loved us. And if we can start each day by being intentional with the interactions that we have with people as we meet along the way and love them and be able to share with them Jesus, man, it gives everything that we're doing every day such meaning. It gives everything that we're doing every day, no matter what we're doing, it gives it purpose. So Jesus' one-at-a-time method is really key for us in the day in and the day out of us really embracing the ongoing purpose that God has for our lives. And so I really want to challenge you to be super intentional about this one-at-a-time mindset and this one-at-a-time method as you live your life. And really specifically, the one-at-a-time method that I want us to look at today is what I call intersections. And intersections are those places where you come to on a road where you need to pay special attention. Because intersections can be dangerous. They, they can be places where accidents happen. So you got to slow down a little bit. Sometimes you got to stop. you got to watch out for what might be coming. But at the same time, we all know that intersections also provide incredible opportunities for us. Opportunities to make a turn, to be able to change directions, to discover a whole bunch of stuff that we've never discovered before in our lives. And in the Christ-following life, when we see other people at intersections, 
you and I, we need to pay special attention. Because when we see people at, at intersections, those are the places where God wants us to slow down. Or he wants us to stop. Because those are the opportunities where people are particularly open to the love of Christ and open to us being able to share the good news about him. So what are those moments that we have? And what are those intersections? Well, today what I want to do is I want to take you to one of those intersections that Jesus had and examine really kind of what they look like and what we can do when we come to those intersections. And the passage of scripture that I want to take you to today is in Mark chapter 5. Now, just to kind of bring you up to speed on what's going on in Mark chapter 5, Jesus has been super busy. I mean, he's just calmed a storm out on the Red Sea. He, he's healed a demon-possessed man. And now Jesus is on his way to heal a synagogue leader named Jairus' dying daughter. So Jesus was on his way, really, kind of to an emergency situation. And as he's going, there was this large crowd of people that were pressing in on him. They were pressing in on him. And that's where our story picks up today. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 24. And it says there, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. But here we've got this woman. She's got a chronic bleeding condition that's, that's been going on for 12 years. I mean, it's created all kinds of problems in this woman's life. I mean, first of all, physically, she was likely very tired. Her ongoing discharge of blood would have caused anemia and really major fatigue in her body. So probably every day, she was struggling just to get out of bed. Emotionally, this lady's got to be very discouraged for 12 long years, I mean, she's been struggling with this condition. I mean, going to every possible doctor and reading every probably self-help book that she could find out there. But emotionally, she was exhausted. Uh, physically, the text says that she, going to all these doctors hadn't helped her medical condition, but in, in fact, it had made it worse. So financially, she was destitute as well. She had spent every dollar she had uh, paying for all those doctors, and so she was bankrupt. And spiritually, the Old Testament law had created all kinds of problems for her as well. Because of this woman's bleeding condition, the Old Testament law prescribed, she couldn't be intimate with her husband. As a result, she couldn't have children, so most likely this lady's childless. She also couldn't cook. She couldn't make a meal because it would have been considered unclean. And because of this chronic bleeding condition, she couldn't enter the temple. So she couldn't go to church. She was isolated, not only physically, but spiritually she was isolated as well from any kind of support she could get. So this woman had tried everything, and the situation's just destroying her. I mean, it's destroying her physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. I mean, she is stinking desperate. She, my friends, was at an intersection. You know, it reminds me of a situation I had a few years back when I was eating lunch at a local restaurant when I noticed a friend of mine, uh, T.J. Varan, uh, sitting across the room. And I'd met T.J. several years back when he was in high school and I was the next-gen pastor here at Pathway, but I hadn't seen him for quite some time. But I felt God prompting me to walk across the room and to say hi. 
And so I walked across the room and we exchanged a few pleasantries and then TJ said, you know, it's interesting you should walk up to me here. My dad just passed away and we need somebody to do his funeral. And you know, right then I knew I'm at an intersection. I'm in a minute, an intersection. Immediately I said yes. I had a lot of other things planned that week, but man, I went over to TJ's house and I met with his mom and, and his family. We talked about his dad and talked about life and slowly I began to share my own story of how Jesus has brought comfort to my own soul when my dad passed away. And then at the funeral I used my message to share the good news about Jesus and John 14 6 where Jesus says I'm the way the truth and the life. And after the the funeral I just had a great opportunity to be able to spend time with TJ and his family and invited them to come to church and they were very excited but they didn't come. But I knew, though, that that was an intersection where someone had a need and, and, and I could meet that need and where they were maybe more open to hearing the good news about Jesus than they had ever had before in their life. And the truth is, all the time, you and I, we are encountering, encountering people at intersections, intersections that are affecting them physically, emotionally, and ultimately spiritually. They're all, they're all the time for us. I mean, for example, I want you to think about maybe driving through your neighborhood and seeing a moving truck that's pulled up to a house that's been for sale for quite some time, and there's a car out in front of that house that's got out-of-state plates on it. Somebody's new is moving into your neighborhood. You see, that's an intersection. There's an opportunity there. There's a window of opportunity. There's an intersection there that may not be even there for long. It's interesting, even this last week, I heard about a home team who saw an intersection just like that recently. Uh, they found out about a family who was moving to town. They showed up uh, at their house and they began to help them kind of unload all of their uh, belongings. They found out as they were unloading uh, this family that they were really into music. So one of the group members who plays the guitar started playing music on the guitar as they were finishing unloading all these trucks. And then when they were done, the home team leader asked his family if they could pray for them. And while they prayed together, the guy who played guitar played background music. And when they were finished praying, the lady that they had moved in, she was just crying. She was just blown away. Because she didn't have many friends, even where she used to live. And here in just the first few hours, these people from this home team had helped them move in and prayed for them and invited to come to church, and they just had just this amazing interaction. But that's what happens, my friends, uh, when we show up at the intersections of other people's lives with a little bit of intentionality. We have the opportunity in very tangible ways for people to be able to feel God, to be able to feel Jesus, and then the opportunity for us to be able to share the truth about who that he really is. Now, another section with people can also be uh, sometimes when we hear news maybe on social media that maybe a classmate or an old friend maybe has been diagnosed with cancer. And maybe we haven't talked to that person uh, for quite some time and we feel kind of bad about maybe even reach out to them. In some ways it doesn't even seem uh, appropriate because maybe we haven't even reached out to them before. But the truth is they're in an intersection. They're in an intersection. They're at the intersection of fear. They're in an intersection at that moment of, of suffering. 
And, and maybe at that moment, really, they're more open to the presence of Christ, the love of Christ, and really to the message of Christ than they ever have been before. You know, even the, this last weekend, uh, someone uh, came to church looking for a pathway couple that they knew. Uh, they had gotten disconnected, really, from our church family uh, for a while. But the husband has been recently diagnosed with liver cancer. Now he's only got a few weeks to live. You see, they're at an intersection. And, and they need help. And they came to church and they found this pathway couple. And when this pathway couple found out that they needed help, they immediately they went to the hospital to see how they could help and how that they could pray. And now this a family who is in the middle of this crisis with cancer is getting reconnected relationally and getting reconnected spiritually to the support that they need. But it's because of a Christ-following couple that they realized they were at an intersection. And they detoured then what was going on in their lives so that they could help. So I want to ask you, who's that for you right now? Who's that person that maybe you need to, to say something to? Who's that person that maybe you need to reach out to, that you maybe need to check in with, kind of rebuild a bridge uh, with them in some way, or ask them how that you can pray for them? Because there are so many people that are at difficult health intersections that we could support and that ultimately they could experience the presence of Jesus through our lives and they could hear about the message of Jesus and get connected to Jesus. Or another intersection you might find yourself in is when you get news uh, that a friend that maybe you haven't seen for a while is separated. Apparently, through the grapevine, you found out that their spouse got involved with someone else and you're a little afraid that you're going to run into him because you don't want it to be awkward. You don't know necessarily what to say. But at the same time, the truth is they're at an intersection. They're at an intersection of, of loneliness. They're at an intersection of rejection. So we know that that person really needs somebody to step into that space with them and make sure that they know that, man, God still loves them and and they have an opportunity to be connected to the person of Jesus and to make sure that they know they're not alone. That's a lonely spot to be in, to stand in that section. Know that they're not alone. So you see, there are these intersections that we have all the time. These are the intersections, though, my friends, that Jesus wants us to see. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to stop and to see. And he wants us to step into those moments. Step into those moments with people and be his presence there in those spaces and to be able to share his love physically and to be able to share his message audibly to other people. Well, I want to take us back to our story and I want to see what happens next with Jesus and how he kind of handles this intersection that he's found himself in. So we're back, Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 27, it says, when, when she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet 
and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So we see here from this text, this bleeding woman, she was at an intersection. She was hurting, she was desperate, but she reaches out. She reaches out and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And the the gospel here tells us immediately she knew, immediately she experienced Jesus' healing. But then Jesus, all of a sudden, in kind of this maybe unassuming manner, calls, who touched me? And I can imagine the disciples, I mean, they just had to be laughing. I mean, who touched you? Come on, God. Come on, Jesus. I mean, how can you say such a thing? But lovingly, Jesus starts looking around in the crowd. He's looking for that woman. And and I want you to think about that for a second. Because I want you to see this. Even in a large crowd, Jesus looks for her. Jesus sees the one. Jesus wasn't focusing just on a whole bunch of people. He, He was looking for her. He was looking for the one. You see, Jesus, when he looks down from heaven, he sees one person at a time. He sees one person at a time. He doesn't see crowds. He sees one person at a time. And the scripture then tells us she began to pour the truth out about her life and her situation. She told everyone about the 12 years of her bleeding disease. And when she reached out to Jesus, she was healed. She's changed. She became a brand new person. And, and, and it says then that Jesus looked at her with love in his eyes and said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, the truth is, every person... We all have a bleeding center of our souls. And so we're all the time, aren't we? We're looking for doctors. We're looking for cures. We're looking for something to stop the bleeding of our souls. But the truth is, we all know and nothing heals that. No matter how hard we've looked, no matter how hard we've jammed other things into our life, nothing heals that. Nothing heals that until we finally reach out, until we finally reach out to Jesus And when we finally reach out to Jesus, we find healing then. We find what our souls deeply long for. And that's what Jesus calls all of us who are his followers to do then. To be able to offer his spiritual healing. The spiritual healing of Jesus to bring relief to other people's souls. That's what his call is for our life. That's the divine purpose that he has for us. And that's where we find life is. We've experienced Jesus' healing, and we have the opportunity to, to, uh, to offer Jesus' healing to other people. Man, it's just where life is at. But how do we do that, though? How do we capitalize on these intersections like Jesus did so that we can offer healing to the people uh, around us who need Jesus, just like we did? Well, the first thing I think we can do is look for interest. Look for interest. That's that's what Jesus saw in this bleeding woman. He saw interest. She reached out to him, reached out to the hem of his garment for healing. You see, she was interested. And when someone is asking, I'm telling you, any kind of spiritual question or reaching out in some way by sharing something that's vulnerable in in their life, we can know there's some interest there going on. There's something that's going on in their life. And so many times I'm telling you, friends, when, when people in our lives, when they, they ask a spiritual question or more likely when they share something that's vulnerable going on in their life, we have a tendency to kind of feel awkward and not know what to do and so we want to kind of change the subject. And I want to say to you today, don't do that. 
Don't do that. I want to encourage you instead, lean into that moment. Lean into that moment. Show interest. Ask some questions. Be vulnerable yourself about uh, the things that have happened in your own life's journey. Because there's something just incredibly welcoming in terms of being vulnerable yourself and asking questions as opposed to in some weird way rolling in to giving information and giving answers in a situation. Because I'm telling you, the more questions that you ask and the more vulnerable you are, you are earning the right to be able to stand in this space and in that intersection with another person and be the presence of Jesus there, and you're earning the opportunity as well to be able to share the good news of Jesus with another person. So all the time, be looking for interest. And then second, look for interruptions. Look for interruptions. Pay attention to interruptions. When someone's life is being interrupted, it has the potential uh, to be able to create a circumstance where things can change dramatically. It's a huge opportunity where they're going to be more open to hearing about Jesus. And that's what we saw with Jesus when he encountered this woman with the bleeding condition. He saw a huge interruption in this lady's life. And he knew it was creating an opportunity where she was open to him, where she was open to make a change in her life. So what do those kind of interruptions look like? Well, well, sometimes I think they can be something good or positive. But most of the time, from my experience, most of the time it's something hard or challenging. But take notice, though, when somebody's life gets interrupted. I mean, it could be a tragedy. It could be a hardship that's going on in somebody's life that comes along. Sometimes it can be a loss of a loved one. It can be an addiction. It can be a job difficulty. It's something that interrupts a person's life. And a lot of times I've had people in our Pathway family that will say to me, hey, I've got this person in my life that I want to encourage. I want to help them move and take the next step in their spiritual journey. I want to share Jesus with them. But I don't know what to say. And I don't know when to say it. And we usually what I say is, first of all, pray for that person by name, a walk alongside them just in the journey uh, of their life, and then wait for the moment. Wait for what? The intersection. Wait for the intersection, because I'm telling you, if you're praying for a person and you're journeying through life with them, I mean, it's just a matter of time before they, they come to that intersection, and you're going to have the opportunity to be able to support them in that moment, be the presence of Jesus to them, and you're also going to have the opportunity to be able to share the good news of Jesus with them. But all the time, it's about slowing down. It's about paying attention. It's about looking for intersections of, with people in your life, looking for that intersection that comes along in a person's life. So be looking for it. Then finally, get involved. That's what Jesus did in the middle of the situation. He stopped in the middle of his busy schedule and he got involved. He made his power available and he healed this lady. See, involvement means you do something. Involvement means that you say something. Involvement oftentimes is inconvenient. I'm telling you, involvement is messy. It's kind of like when I ran into my friend TJ at the restaurant that day and his dad had passed away. It was going to take a lot of extra time out of my week to go spend with the family. It was going to uh, uh, take some, uh, obviously, changing around of my schedule. It was going to be inconvenient. But it was the obvious thing to do. It was the obvious thing to do like we talked about last week. So let me tell you, 
the rest of TJ's story. Well, after I did TJ's dad's funeral, I invited he and his wife, Tiffany, to come to church. And they didn't come, not for quite a while. But after about a year and a half, I ran into them again, and they said they wanted to come to church. And they showed up for the very first time on Easter Sunday of 2021. Uh, They heard the message, and nearly every week after that, they begin. And then in the fall of 2021, I baptized my friend TJ. Isn't that awesome? And what was so amazing about that day is that I not only baptized my friend TJ, but I baptized his wife Tiffany, his daughter Callie, their son Logan, Logan's girlfriend Kylie. They all got baptized that day. The whole family got baptized. Isn't that awesome? You see, intersections, I'm telling you, friends, are so powerful. They give people the opportunity to be able to meet Jesus, to be able to experience his healing, and then the opportunity to walk alongside them and help them grow. Because it's not just about introducing people to Jesus, but it's also about walking alongside them and helping them grow in that relationship. You know, just this last week, TJ and I had lunch. Uh, We talked about life, we talked about our families, and we talked about God. See, in the old school, we call that discipleship. But it's all about living a -a one-at-a-time lifestyle just like Jesus did. And here's my challenge to you, Pathway family. I want you to spend your life at the spiritual intersections of other people. I want to invite you to make Jesus' mission your mission. No matter what you do for a living, no matter what neighborhood you live in or where you go to school, I want you to spend your life at people's spiritual intersections. And when you do, I promise you, miraculous things are going to happen. Miraculous things are going to happen just like what happened with Jesus and this bleeding woman. And so, Pathway family, let's do that. Let's let's stand at the intersections of other people's lives. Let's let's walk alongside them and share with them the good news about Jesus one person at a time. And I'm telling you, friends, when you step into those moments and you begin to live with that kind of purpose and you begin to live with that kind of intentionality, his mission moves forward and all of a sudden life starts to fill your soul because you're you're living on mission and you're living for what you were created to be able to do. So I want to encourage you and challenge you in this one-at-a-time lifestyle that we've been talking about. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is how you do it day in and day out. This is what it looks like. That's why we've been talking about this all month long. Because this isn't just kind of a subject. This is something that just fills our lives. This is how we do life. So let's do that together. Let's live life like that all the time, individually, wherever we're at, so that we can be salt and life in, in this world. And when we do that, man, it changes us and it changes everything around us. So as we begin to close today, I just want us to go to God. We've been digging into this all month long, and I want us to go to God, and I want us to pray about this. So I just want to invite all of you right now, all of our locations, those of you who are watching online, just to bow your head, close your eyes with me, and I want us to pray. And as we begin to pray right now, The first thing I want us to do is just pause. I want us to pause for a moment. I want us to pause and think about the people in our lives that are at intersections. It could be a health crisis that they're going through. 
Could be a relational crisis they're going through. Or maybe it's some kind of difficulty that they're going through at work. But they're at an intersection. And they need your help. And they may be more open right now than they ever have been before to Jesus' healing and to his message. You see, we can't move all the mountain of problems that this world is facing right now. But you know what? We can make a difference for one. So today, if you want to say to God that you'll stand at the intersection of at least one person's life and you'll help and you'll share the good news of Jesus with them, man, I want you to raise up your hands right now. Raise up your hands right now. If you're watching online, you can put me in the chat, but raise up your hands right now. If you want to say to God, I'll stand at the intersection of at least one person's life and I'll help them. I'll be with them and I'll share Jesus with them. Praise God. There's hands up all over. Because that's God's call for every one of us who are Christ followers. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much that you stood at an intersection for us. And we were lonely. And we were hurting. God, and you saved us. You sent people into our lives, God, on your, our behalf, that we might know you. God, I pray for your forgiveness for how so many times, God, we've been too busy. We've been too preoccupied with ourselves and our own schedules to slow down, to look, and to stop at the intersections of other people's lives to be able to help them. But God, I pray that you'd give us courage, you'd give us resolve to obey, to step into those spaces at the intersections of other people's lives and to be your presence there, to love, to help, and ultimately to be able to share the good news about you. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us everything that we need. Now, as we continue to pray right now, I know there's others of you that you're actually at one of those intersections, one of those intersections today. You came to church today, and you're struggling. You've got questions, you've got doubts, but more than anything, you've got a lot of pain that's going on in your life right now. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But I want to let you know it's not an accident that you're here. You're at an intersection. And I want to let you know, though, that Jesus is here. He's here. And the way that you experience his healing is just like that woman in our story. You reach out to him. You reach out to him and you make him, Jesus, the leader, the savior of your life. So don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this moment. He's here. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. Reach out to him and make him the leader, the savior of your life. Pray this prayer with me, just in the quietness of your heart. Oh, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. But today, Jesus, I reach. 
I reach out to you. I reach out to you. I touch the hem of your garment. And I make you today, Jesus, the leader and the Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for the healing that you give me because you died on the cross for me. And now, Jesus, go and use my life. Use my life now to be able to go and offer your hope, your love, and your healing to other people. Now, with everybody's head still bowed and eyes still closed right now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you reached out to Jesus. Man, I just want you to raise your hand real high. I want you to raise your hand real high and say to God, that's me. I reached out to you today. Raise your hand real high and say to God, I reached out to you today. I reached out to you. I made you the leader and the savior of my life. Raise your hand and say it to God. Say, that's, that's me, God. That's me. I reach out to you. I reach out to you and I make you the leader and the savior of my life today. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you now. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much today. I thank you so much today for my friends, brothers and sisters today who surrendered their life to you. God, I bless you for their decision. God, I bless you that you give them power, that you give them grace, that you give them healing, that they now may be able to go and live a new life and to be able to offer your healing and love to other people. We love you, Jesus. And we just pray all these things right now in your name.